0: What's up, y'all. Welcome on into the Go Balls 24 7 podcast. Got another breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24 7 podcast. West Rucker joined by the full staff Ryan Callahan, Patrick Brown, Grant Ramey coming to us from parts uh, across the greater Knoxville area. Guys, we have another one of these breaking news podcasts. It seems like this is almost an everyday occurrence at this point. I guess I'll go ahead and go to you first, Ryan. Ryan, why are we having yet another one of these podcasts?
1: Uh, well, Tennessee with another big pickup, uh, adding to its 2021 class, as they've done on a, a pretty frequent basis over the last couple of weeks. This time, adding four-star defensive tackle Catron Evans of Baltimore, uh, a top 200 player nationally in the in the 24/7 Sports composite, longtime target, uh, a teammate uh, of of another Tennessee target that that's announcing uh, a little bit later, Aaron Willis, the four-star linebacker, and then also a former teammate of the Tennessee freshman defensive lineman Dominic Bailey. So. A couple of useful ties here that maybe have helped Tennessee's cause, but I think a guy that Vols have been in good shape with for a while, and now now they beat out uh, several other major programs for him. A, a guy with 40 offers uh, and addressing a major need, obviously, on the defensive line where Tennessee is losing uh, a bunch of guys after the 2020 season. So another huge pickup, another highly ranked guy, adding to what was already the number two recruiting class in the country in the, in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings.
0: Yeah, I hope people aren't getting numb to this whole top 200 player top 24-7 player committing thing because that's still a really really big deal and, and that's pretty fantastic for Tennessee that they've been able to start pulling this off. Ramy, I'll go to you next when, when you look at at just sort of what Tennessee's doing in this area you know you think of Tennessee uh, when it's at its best it's kind of a national recruiting program in a lot of ways and they've gone up to you know, basically St. Francis Academy there in Baltimore and offer pretty much the whole darn school, you know. Just how how big is it to kind of build a pipeline like this at a place like this?
2: Uh, I mean, it's huge. I think if you follow the offers and and follow uh, the amount of time and energy uh, that this coaching staff is spending uh, at St. Francis Academy and creating that presence uh, in the Baltimore Baltimore area, Uh, there's obviously a lot of talent there. They wouldn't be wasting their time. So to to get another player out of that school and to continue that uh, momentum there and continue building that relationship uh, with that coaching staff that program uh, as one of the you know the SEC will go anywhere and everywhere to find good talent Uh, and if you can establish yourself in a city like Baltimore uh, and kind of collect on that talent if I mean if you see it at St. Francis Academy with the number of offers they're putting out uh, obviously that's something they want to do and they're succeeding on it. And uh, they got a lot of teammates that are potential vols or whatever on roster now. Uh, another one here in Catron Evans. I mean, you can't, you can't coach six, four, three, tw- uh, twenty So if you can go out there and get that kind of size that you need on your defensive line, uh, that's a good day at the office.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe don't think of the state of Maryland as a football power. It's just not one that kind of goes off the top of your head when you think of, Oh, you know, Florida, Texas, you know, California, Louisiana, those type states. But you know you in Ohio to an extent. You know you you look at the numbers though, in in some of these classes, the number of top twenty four seven type kids, four star type kids in the state of Maryland. it that state looks to me like it punches punches right above its weight class. I think it's pretty impressive. Pat, when you look at at Evans here on film, I mean, this is obviously a big kid. The latest we've gotten him is six, four, three, twenty. Um, and you know that's, I think we're probably more accurate than most. But you never know. I mean, they're kids; they change a lot. What do you see when on film when you watch him? Do you see a, a nose tackle or nose guard? Do you see you know a three-four defensive end? What what do you see from him?
3: Uh, definitely a an interior guy, uh, either a nose tackle, maybe a a, a, a three technique and, and some four-man fronts. Um, he he doesn't really look six-four-three-twenty on his film. I don't know if he's playing with. Uh, maybe some other guys who are bigger, you know, it's not like, you know, we look at Colby Smith's film and he's bigger than a lot of those kids. He's playing against the North Carolina, um, Evans, he's playing on a team that, uh, as we mentioned, Tennessee's like offered half the team. Uh, and in December when they signed Dominic Bailey and Jeremy Pruitt was talking about him, he said, they look like the Steelers. Uh, they do look like the Pittsburgh Steelers cause they're black and, and yellow. So, uh, but Evans looks like straight up interior lineman, um, plays a little high sometimes, which you kind of, uh, you know leverage is always a big thing for defensive linemen when they go from high school to college but uh, he's explosive off the line has some quick twitch uh, he's maybe nimble uh, got some good feet for a guy that's that's 6'4 320 uh, has the ability to to lock guys up and, and and push guys back on the offensive line but also has the ability to uh, to be an interior pass rusher. I thought that was something that um, there, was, there was more of just a run plugging presence on, on his film he's, he's getting up upfield quick disrupting the pocket batting some passes down at the line of scrimmage um, like getting in the backfield quite a bit uh, against the run in the past so uh, kind of fits the mold of a of a disruptive interior defensive lineman and uh, and a guy that uh, has a lot of qualities that that you look for when you're looking for uh, when you're looking at high school defensive linemen there, there'll be some things that they need to fine-tune technique-wise getting him to play lower uh, I'm sure conditioning and consistency will be uh, big keywords for him early in his career but certainly uh, a lot to like about this pickup for Tennessee.
0: Ryan, when when Tennessee went up there and obviously ordered I mean, or offered what seems like half the school um I say offer, but it seems like they're ordering because they're starting to get a bunch of them now like they did order some of those guys, you know what I mean? But I mean you you, you look at you know, you try to start a pipeline, obviously, when you get a talented player, a kid like Bailey, and then you offer 15 kids or whatever it is from his same high school in the, in the next couple classes, it seems to me like they thought they had a chance to go do something like this. I mean, obviously that was the goal, but do, do you think that they, they thought at that time they had a chance to go get this many guys?
1: I, I think they were sort of just trying to take advantage of a connection there. We, we've seen uh, Joe Osevet recruit at that school since uh, even last year when he was in, in more of a support staff kind of role. Uh, he was he was heavily involved in Dominic Bailey's recruitment and, and getting Tennessee to land him early last year and, and hold on to him all the way to signing day. Now that he's able to go out on the road as a full time assistant coach, I think they're sort of trying to capitalize on that connection a little bit even even more. Remember, he was a junior college head coach in New York, so a lot of those places in the Northeast he has some ties to from signing guys there when he was a, a junior college coach or, or, or even just recruiting those, those schools and trying to get players from there. So he, he sort of is, has been the tie there in a lot of cases and has, has done a really good job, I think, of getting Tennessee's foot in the door and obviously now getting a couple of kids from that school and, and potentially more, what we'll see. But certainly, I, I think he's, he's done a really good job in that general region, but especially at that school, that's probably the best example of Tennessee being able to sort of take advantage of the fact that they're the closest SEC school or at least the closest, really big-time SEC school to that general vicinity. I guess Kentucky you could argue you'd say is a little bit closer than, than Tennessee, but pretty much the closest uh, closest program with a with a tremendous football history, obviously, to to sort of take advantage of that proximity and and say, hey, come play SEC football, not too far from home. It, it's sort of appealing to those guys, I think, in a lot of cases. And uh, I think Katron Evans no no exception to that. He'd been in Tennessee a couple times. Really liked the visits both times. And, uh, and Tennessee was obviously high on, high on his list in recent months and, and beat out some big programs for him. So I, I think, yeah, clearly you're seeing that pipeline sort of develop. And if you can get even one or two players there every year or two, you're, you're doing pretty well if you're Tennessee.
0: Grant, this would be the first time, I guess, that, that we – not the first time, the second time in this class we've seen the name Jimmy Brumbaugh pop up. Obviously, uh, Joe Osevet uh, was was credited as the primary recruiter for Evans, but uh, we see there as a secondary guy, Brumbaugh was in there. He's been on a couple other guys' others. So, I guess it, this shows again that, um, you know, if you're going to work for Jeremy Pruitt, you're going to be a recruiter, right?
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's felt like a pretty seamless transition from uh, the defensive line changes from Rocker to Brumbaugh. I mean – Uh, they've kind of continued their momentum. They they didn't really, I don't know of anybody they've really, you know, missed out on or relationships have changed all that much because of uh, the change at the defensive line coach. And I think both of those guys, Jimmy Brumbine and Joe Ossova, I mean, credit Pruitt for, I mean, going to New York and getting a junior college coach and bringing him to the SEC. is obviously not the most common thing in the world, but he's done that. He's put him on staff or on the the field as an on-field coach, and he's, you know, already kind of cashing in on these, recruiting ties like Ryan talked about to the northeast to an area that you know traditionally you're not pulling a lot of athletes out of so uh, between those two coaches you know you add those two names to uh, the long list of coaches that we've talked about over these last few pods that uh, this is a really really good recruiting staff obviously a really good staff that works together uh, and is cashing in on a lot of these relationships and ties and uh, it's good work by Pruitt to put all these guys together in the right place.
0: Boy speaking about a really good staff I think we've got one here at Go Vols 24-7, and, uh, uh, but sometimes we need to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to step away for a second. We're going to pay some bills and all that, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to keep discussing Tennessee's newest commitment, uh, Baltimore defensive lineman Katron Evans. Hashtag add. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Welcome back to the Govalls 24 7 podcast. Brought to you by whatever products and services you heard just a second ago during that commercial break. Got the full staff here West Rucker, Ryan Callahan, Patrick Brown, Grant Ramey, speaking about Tennessee's newest commitment to this number two ranked nationally uh, class that Tennessee's got going on right now. Katron Evans, a six foot four, 320 pound defensive lineman uh, from St. Francis Academy. They're a powerhouse program in Baltimore up there in the Beltway. I'll go to you, first here pat because i i i I know we've talked about this a little bit before when you talk about kind of positional needs in this class and you know tennessee's up there darn near 20 commitments now it seems like i mean this thing's been rolling from number 17 nationally to number two nationally here in the past couple weeks Uh, just i don't know who ever seen anything quite like this but what does evans kind of do for this class of the defensive linemen and and where you know how how much closer is tennessee to filling needs here
3: well, I still think they have a little bit of a ways to go because just because they're losing seven guys, potentially. Um, I'm trying to I, – I think I've gotten good at naming all seven seniors on the defensive line, but I may need you all to help me out. Got Emmett Gooden, Aubrey Solomon, Matthew Butler, Jaquaine Blakely, Latrell Bumpus, Savion Williams. Who's the other guy?
0: Did Sol- I say Gooden? Did you say
3: Solomon? Did I say Solomon?
1: did say Solomon. I did? Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Well, I see, clearly, I need to practice on on getting all all of the seniors down. Middleton? Did you say Middleton? Yes, Middleton is the other. Middleton is the other. There Thank you. There we but, go. Um, yeah, you you look at you know, there's not a lot of underclassmen um, coming in on the defensive line. They've got Omar Thomas. They've got a couple of third year guys that are more nose tackle types, and Greg Emerson and uh, Karat Garland. Uh, they brought Dominic Bailey in on this class, as we as we mentioned, He's from St. Francis as well. So uh, definitely a position where they they need to restock. Um, I think the defensive line is probably like the offensive line. You need three, four guys there, probably just about every class. But um, I think Tizzi's, they're getting there um, with, with sort of replenishing those needs. And, um, you know, if I, – I don't know. Ryan could probably speak to uh, if they're targeting more junior college guys. But, um, you know, when you when you bring in high school defensive lineman, it's, it's tough to expect them to be able to play right away. So uh, – but if you bring in a lot of those guys, maybe – you have a better chance of one or two of them can give you some rotational snaps or something like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they need to keep going on the defensive line. Um, when, when you're losing that many guys, it's obviously a, a very important position to need for Tennessee in this class.
0: Pat, you actually did take my follow-up question. So you're, we're on the same page here, which is good here for the Go Balls 24-7 staff. I was going to ask about that, the junior college recruiting defensive lineman because, Ron, you look at this, and Tennessee's gotten a few defensive linemen in this class now, a couple guys who could play there too. Um, but they're all, they're all high school guys, and, and that doesn't mean they can't come in and play right away, because if you're good enough, you know, by god you can go in there and do that but when you're losing seven guys in one year uh, i would have uh, you know at least I, I would imagine that you probably would like a junior college guy at least one maybe two in the mix there also are there any that they're targeting there or do you as best you can tell are they trying to focus mostly on high school guys here
1: they, they've offered at least a couple uh one to keep an eye on is jamon gordon he's a, a a Mississippi native playing down at East Mississippi Community College and uh, was committed to Auburn when he was in high school uh, before academics forced him to go the, the junior college route. Tennessee and Ole Miss were among his early offers uh, this year, so I think Tennessee will be heavily involved there. There, there are a couple other guys on the radar, a couple others, a couple others they've at least offered, um, but and, and some others are still evaluating. So, yeah, I think, I think a junior college defensive lineman is a possibility in this class no guarantee they get one. I think obviously they're in on a lot of high school guys that they would love to address that need with, but if, uh, you know, if the opportunity presents itself to get a, a, a plug and play junior college guy, and I think you got to be selective there because, uh, you know, obviously they didn't get a lot of immediate impact yet uh, out of a guy like Savion Williams. So you, that, that, that just shows you, you know, you can't go out and just sign a junior college defensive lineman and expect him to be a huge impact player. You've gotta, you got to, you got to kind of pick and choose and get the right ones. We'll see if Williams. I mean, obviously they've had better luck. You know, Emmett Gooden, Darrell Middleton, guys like that have, have contributed more immediately. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if Tennessee goes that route again this year. I think that is a possibility, but definitely not a, not a sure thing because they're in on so many high school guys they like.
0: Grant, you know, as the uh, I'll go to you here as the buffest probably of the four of us here on the Scovalls twenty four seven staff. Yes. Uh, when, when you look at at you know in general. Uh, strength and conditioning programs are just kind of the, they're kind of expanding all the time at the high school level. They're getting better and better, and you know what they can do with nutrition stuff. I mean, here's a teaser. I'm getting ready to do a story here in a little bit about the um, about Tennessee's uh, nutritionist and what she's been able to do uh, with all of them, despite being away from the quarantine and all that stuff. So uh, this component of it has gotten better and better, and that's kind of filtered down from the NFL down to college, down to high school. So long story short, here, Grant, do you think? that in this era, if you go to the right programs and you get the right guys, it might be in some ways, I don't want to say easier, but maybe a little smoother for some of these early, some of these freshman defensive linemen to get themselves in the mix? Or is it still one of those things where they're just always going to be far behind?
2: Um, I don't think it's, I, th- I think there's, I mean, you're talking about high school programs. Yes. And kind of what they, what they I guess how they produce talent. I think it's at, at the high school level, I think it can be, you know, like the facilities, arm races, just like at the college level. I mean, you can look at, uh, you can go down in Georgia or Texas and, you know, all these powerhouse programs, Florida, and the facilities they have as high school football programs is like a small college. I mean, if you go to a talent powerhouse and and get a, get a player, I think that's a smoother transition to the college level, just because they've been preparing kind of at a a level that kind of mimics that and uh, almost like a prep school, a football prep school, something like that, if you will. So, I think it definitely could make a difference uh, depending on where you go. I think it also comes down to the player. I mean, that player is going to determine what kind of shape he's in when he gets to school, how much work he's put in in high school. These high school guys think they know how to work hard at the, you know, when they're in the prep level, but it's a completely different world when they get to college football, obviously, or college basketball, any sport. So I think it comes down to the player, but I think the program can make a big difference.
0: Ryan, when you look at, at some of these guys um... – some of these high school defensive linemen, do, do you think some of them – because I go back, I think a guys like Emerson, even though he had the leg injury, just kind of physically what he looked like when he arrived. Certainly, Bama's had a few of those over the years. Georgia's had a few too. It, it seems like – and maybe I'm completely wrong about this, and please tell me if I am because I want people to know, you know, the accurate, accurate information here. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to step on my toes. But does it seem like there are more freshman defensive linemen these days who show up and they kind of look more physically better – you know, than they did years and years ago. It seemed like there were a lot of linemen who were bad body guys when they arrived years ago because that's what a 300-pounder looked like at that age. Now it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case in, as much.
1: Yeah, I think you see a lot of guys that come out of high school already big, already strong. Uh, they've, they've sort of established themselves as defensive linemen. A lot of times in the past year, maybe sort of, trying to mold a guy, you know, who played on both sides of the ball, trying to figure out where he fit best. You thought he was a defensive lineman and sometimes it wouldn't work out. You know, now I think we have a pretty good feel for the most part. Uh, by the time a guy gets to a college campus of which side of the ball he fits on best. And a lot of these guys are kind of specializing in in one side of the ball. And, and obviously K Evans is a good example of that. And uh, yeah, I, I think these, you, you just find a lot of big bodies out there that are in in pretty good shape and and you don't see a lot of, uh, not not too many who come in that sloppy. Obviously, there there's some that way. I, I don't think K-Tron would fit that description, but yeah, I, I think there's a better chance of finding guys these days who are at least capable of helping uh, early, if not stepping in right away and you know starting. It's still tough to ask anybody to start right away on the line of scrimmage in general in the SEC, but I think these guys these days have a much better chance of at least being ready to to sort of contribute right away. Because and especially if they're in a program like St. Francis Academy, as Grant said, those places are kind of like uh, they are almost small college programs in a lot of ways and ha- have great success and put out tons of talent and just being around that kind of talent every day, having that kind of coaching all the time. Uh, it does prepare you better, I think. And that's, you know, Dominic Bailey, obviously hoping to be an example of that this year for Tennessee after being an early enrollee. We'll see if that happens. And Katron Evans now has a chance to to maybe do the same thing.
0: Guys, I think we've got this at a pretty good place. Anybody else got anything? Uh, show of hands here. Anybody? Anybody got anything that they wanted to be asked here that they were not? This is a democracy, fellas.
1: Well, just just mention it. One to mention as we've kind of mentioned over the last couple weeks here, Tennessee's not done. Um, You know, they're obviously still in good shape with some other guys. We know that uh, Caden Salter and and uh, and Aaron Willis both will be announcing soon. Caden Salter, the four star quarterback from Texas. Uh, Aaron Willis, the four star linebacker, obviously teammate of Catron Evans. Both those guys announcing soon. So. Uh, I, I think there's a real possibility we could be uh, having another one of these podcasts here pretty soon. And Tennessee's in, in good shape with both, and has been the crystal ball favorite for both here down the stretch. So this crazy run, as as hard to believe as it is, isn't over yet. I don't think. And Tennessee's got a chance to continue to just build on this the way they've been recruiting.
2: Kind of crazy. I just to want to say. That- I just want to say rest in peace, Patrick, when Daryl Middleton listens to this podcast and realizes he was the guy that was left off the 6'7", six, 300-pounder.
0: Six, yeah, you had to leave out the biggest guy, well, didn't the, you, Pat?
3: <coughs> well, I did put Daryl Middleton on my guys that could be drafted next season, so I'll just throw him that list and say that I think he – and then I think uh, I think we'll be good.
0: That's a good save right there. That's a good save. Sorry guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media, West Record 24-7 on Twitter, Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter, Grant Ramey's Grant Ramey on Twitter, Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter, or you can go to Facebook.com slash GoVols247, Twitter.com slash GoVols247, or you can go directly to the source right there at twenty four or 247sports.com if you want, or you can go to GoVols247.com. we got all kinds of great deals right now, and if you pay us, then you get free CBS all access. So before we get out of here, I'm going to say, one more thing, guys, if you like this podcast, go rate it, go review it. I see how many people have listened to this thing, and we need more uh, ratings and reviews to reflect that because uh, we've, we've been able to spread faster than I thought we could without some of that stuff, but, but we really need that help, too. That will take us to the next level, so please do that. We appreciate it, and we will see y'all, um, let's be honest here, probably pretty soon because Tennessee is getting commitments at a ridiculous rate these days. See you.